right, uh, here we go. Another edition of the Final Score podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Greg Swatek here with you. Uh, very excited about this week's episode because we'll have a uh, former Middletown quarterback, Reese Poffenbarger, uh, on, the pod- on the podcast here. Uh, Reese is uh, in his first year at the University of Albany, uh, playing really well, too, despite the fact that the Great Danes don't have a great record. Uh, but 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 Reese has yet to throw an interception. Uh, he, he's having a great season so far. Uh, named the Colonial Athletic Association Rookie of the Week four times, uh, d- despite the fact that the Great Danes are losing a lot of close, high-scoring games. And uh, just this past week, uh, he was named the FedEx Ground FCS National Freshman Player of the Week. Uh, so that's so that's a big accolade for Reese as well. So. Uh, We'll talk to him about all of that in just a couple of minutes uh, and uh, very much uh, look forward to that. And we'll, we'll ask him how uh, Albany uh, gets things uh, turned around here because they are losing a lot of close, uh, high-scoring games. Uh, but first, uh, let's, let's talk some Frederick County sports with uh, Alexander Dacey, my colleague here at the News Post. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great as well, uh, and uh, it's hard to believe we're almost through this <laughs> high school football regular season. Uh, week week eight is is on tap here, and uh, we're we're coming off a, a week of great games. The games aren't so great this week, but um, but Frederick Oakdale is, is is the big game this week, obviously. Um, and uh, Frederick coming off the big win over Ligonor last week, and and just their defense. I mean, you've seen them a couple times. It, it, it we uh, Urbana's defense has gotten a lot of uh, uh, of accolades, and and right rightly so. Urbana has a good defense, but quietly the best defense in the county this year might be being played by Frederick. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, again, the two games I saw them, they gave up. They had like one defensive breakdown, which led to a touchdown, but otherwise, since then. You know, they shut out Walkersville, I saw. Obviously, last week you saw them shut out Linganore. Uh, and then even before that, they, you know, aside from that one play, they, they held down Catoctin and and all the, you know, and basically oh, pretty much everybody else. I mean, really the only team that got more than like six six or seven points on them was was Middletown. And even then that was an easy 42-14 to 14 win for them back in week two. So, you know, obviously Oakdale might be the most dynamic uh, offense they've probably I, I'd venture to say is probably the most dynamic offense they'll face this year so you know we'll see if Oakdale can put up more than 14 or even put up put up point I, I assume they will put up points but you know it, I think it'll be a it'll be a really interesting test and you know see if the, this is if just this is I think all the game that would will either cement Frederick as the top dog or show okay you know they're still kind of at a similar level with like an Oakdale and maybe there's a playoff rematch coming. We'll have to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Frederick's given up only 26 points all season through, uh, through seven games so far, which is really impressive. I, I think they have four or five shutouts now. So haven't given up a point in a couple of weeks now coming off the back-to-back shutouts over Walkersville and Ligonor. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's the game of the week. Uh, but, but you saw an interesting game last week with Brunswick and Middletown and every, we've, we've, how many weeks have we talked about here? Middletown can't pass, can't pass They're a running team. Can get, can they get their passing game going? Well, last week they finally got their passing game going with uh Cam Baker. Yeah, they threw, uh, they threw, uh, for Cam Baker threw for 272 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and virtually to the surprise of me and basically everybody in the Middletown press box, all the, the parents and staff that were up there with me were like, we're basically like, where did, <laughs> where did this come from? But I mean, they, they basically, they, they had, they'd kind of been game planning some, you know, some passing things and trying to, trying to work some things out throughout the week. And they found this kind of one play that just really kind of exposed Brunswick secondary. And they just kept running it and running it, and running it. And like every time someone would be just wide open down the middle um, and a couple times Baker overthrew, but more often than not, he hit, he hit the guy and it was either a big gain or one case of 70 yard touchdown. So, you know, they're, you know, they, they kind of, they have a little something going there and it's clear, it's clear that they can, I, I guess the big thing that game showed is it's clear that they have a passing game that can work. Um, now the question will be sustaining that for more than just this this one yeah. week against Brunswick. Yeah, I mean the fact yeah. that you say they were running the same play with success over yeah. and over again, 
it begs the question, did they just find a play? Was it a perfect storm? Did they find the right play against the right opponent? Or is their passing game legitimately getting better? Right. And I mean, and I will, and again, not to not to take away, like they did, they did obviously run, you know, other plays. Like it, they, they threw, I think they threw the ball almost 20 times. So, it, you know, that they didn't run that one play every single time. But yeah, it was the vast, probably 35 to 40% was this one sort of like, one sort of play where they doubled up guys on the outside and, you know, basically kind of, you know, force their defensive backs to just sort of have to, com- you know, commit to one where then the other guy would be open. So they, they, f- they found a weakness and exploited it and just kept, just kind of, just kind of kept going with it. And again, you know, now that they've, you know, they've got, they've got Katakton this week. So that, you know, maybe not, maybe not as much then, but when they get to Walkersville, um, who is a fairly decent defense in two weeks and then whatever playoffs they throw at them, because they're, you know, you know, despite the fact they lost a couple of those games early, they're in a, they're in a, like a fairly decent spot and there feels like they're starting to, starting to really round into form at the right time. And especially if they can, I mean, again, if they can get their passing game down, then that's a, that's a very dangerous team, uh, you know, going forward again, not, and not, not to even mention that, you know, they still have Carson Smith, who's the best, best run, running back in the County. He still had almost 200 yards on the ground on Friday. So, you know, it was just a, just a sort of, a game that showed that they're maybe maybe more than one dimensional, like we've been like we've been harping on. <laughs> I mean, you can make a case Middletown's been the most improved team in the county. Yes, uh, uh, this season because if you look at their last, say four or five games, like even the game they lost against Urbana. I mean, they they, they were right in that game. They were ten yards away from winning that game at Urbana. Mm. Um, they beat Ligonor. Um, uh, they, they Brunswick was playing really well. Brunswick beat Liberty on on the road. Liberty just beat South Carroll uh, this, this past week, uh, a, a reigning two A one A finalist last year. I, I don't know what's going on with South Carroll. I mean, because they didn't play TJ that well, and and then they just lost to uh, they just lost to Liberty. But um, so it seems like something's going on there with South Carroll. But but anyway, like like Brunswick's a good team. Um, and the fact that the Middletown beat them convincingly, I guess Brunswick got back into the game a little bit uh, late. They scored some points late in the game to sort of climb back in it a little bit. But but from start to finish, uh, from that Frederick High game on where Middletown was sort of blown off the field, no, no shame against Frederick High because most teams have been, uh, I, I, I would say they've probably been – they've made the most strides than anyone. And I think if they can get the passing game going <laughs> – with Carson Smith, like you say, they'll, they'll be a very tough team to knock out of the playoffs. Absolutely, and again, I you know it's it's it, it's hard it's hard to you know obviously fully you know fully judge everybody because again I just still haven't seen everybody, but I I would fully agree with you there, and you know I I think again if especially if they can round themselves out completely on offense, and I mean their defense their defense is I you know also got to give it up for their defense they've been sort of you know you know, figuring it out after the Frederick game. And then the, well, the Oakdale game, they kind of was, I was at that one. That was kind of a sloppy one, but, but really I'd say after the Oakdale game, their last four weeks have been, you know, their defense is really going to really close down. And again, if they can get this passing game going, you know, they're, they could be, and they could have a deeper run than maybe we would have thought at the beginning of the year. Uh, the other big game last week, neither one of us saw. It was uh, Urbana at Oakdale. Um, Oakdale, and I think what was a real gut check for them, they they pulled out a 26-24 team over a previously un, un, unbeaten uh, Ur, Urbana team. Um, Urbana jumped after the early lead, uh, but then Oakdale got something going, it, it, like they did against Ligonor in the, in the second half, and then they were able to hang on late for a 26-24 win. So, um, Urbana, I mean, they hadn't been tested through the first five weeks. Uh, these last two weeks against Middletown and Oakdale County opponents, yeah. they, they have been. So ultimately, I think that's going to be good for them. And then Oakdale uh, uh, pulling out that win after their really poor performance two weeks earlier against Fort Hill at home. I, I, I think that could really propel them going forward into this Frederick High game. So, um so that, that that was the other big game. Just the games aren't as great uh, this mm-hmm. week. Uh, you have uh, TJ and Ligonor. Um, you have um, you have Tuscarora and Urbana. You, you you haven't seen those teams, but you will. This I will week. be seeing them this week. Yeah, I figured this was this was the week to check off the last the last two. Uh, you know, see, and I assume those those will probably be 
get right games for both Urbana and Leonor, but obviously the big Frederick uh, Oakdale game. And then an interesting one, I think between Walkersville and Brunswick, which uh, could be a very competitive, competitive game. I'm not going to lie. When we were, when I was doing, when you sent over the, uh, the profits file and I was making my picks with them uh, this week, I, that was the game I struggled on the most. Cause I, I, I think there's a legitimate argument. Cause again, I mean, Walkersville, you know, Walkersville's defense in particular has been keeping them in games, especially recently. And and they they have they have a good sort of three headed monster at running back again. Not maybe you know, maybe not quite as strong as in years past, but you know they had the tools to keep them in. And then you know, kind of on the flip side, Brunswick is also you know Brunswick's gonna be coming off a loss, and they're facing a I guess a team. I guess Walkersville is a little bit similar to I guess stylistically kind of similar to Middletown. You know, maybe not quite as quite as high end as Middletown is so we'll be seeing you know kind of how they can respond but again they also have some offensive weapons you know that are that are you know that are fairly strong and you know highly touted Ben Wells at running back and and then Ethan Houck at quarterback and he's got a couple receivers you know that he can work with as well again you know he didn't really do much against Middletown because Middletown was quite frankly you know shutting kind of shutting their defense just completely locked down um, aside, aside from like one drive there so you know, it'll be interesting to see again. I think, I, I think that one could be, that one could, I think, be surprisingly close. And again, I don't, it's one where I could see it honestly kind of going either way. All right. This time next week, we'll be talking about, uh, I guess we'll be looking ahead to the playoffs because that'll be the final week of the, of the regular season in football uh, uh, next week. So, so, so kind of crazy. Um, what, non-football stuff that we have this week you're you're sort of becoming the de facto walkersville field hockey uh beat writer <laughs> they, they, they keep winning yeah i mean walkersville just finished field hockey just finished its best regular season i probably since 2000 when they when they won the um when they won the uh the league title back in 2000 um yeah they uh they pulled out a tight one against middletown one nothing that won them the gamble division of the second straight year, so it's them against Urbana again on Saturday uh, for the CMC title. So, you know, undefeated in the county in the regular season, they were they were ten and two overall. And you know, it's not it's not a, it's you know again obviously I saw them against the other two top teams in the county, you know, Urbana and Middletown. So they were very tight games, but you know their their defense has really been clamping down. They've got a they've got a goalie, um, Alia Winterly, who's got uh, six shutouts and. And I don't want to say I don't want to throw more on there, but six shutouts and possibly counting, um, you know, which is a single season score record. Um, and they're they they have they have a couple of nice scrappy offensive players that can that that can you know put the ball in the back of the net if you know it, it, you know some and again the two games I saw were lower scoring, but you know they've had a couple higher higher scoring affairs. So it'll be know, them in Urbana. Again, a rematch. Yes, yeah. In, in so the, the CMC title game. Yes, the CMC title game Saturday is is between them and Urbana. So uh, the other interesting thing I will have to uh, say to see is how they do, you know, not on their home field because their their you know their grass field is is a little choppy and they always and <laughs> they always complain about it and you know and all uh, opponents always complain about the quality of the grass there. So you know they're they're kind of happy to be off of it, but it'll be interesting to see you know. Now that they're facing these, you know, you know, an Urbana again, but they don't have the advantage, or Urbana doesn't have the disadvantage of, you know, possibly playing, playing on some, the grass, yeah. some some tougher natural grass. So, you know, we'll see we'll see how they do with the turf, but I think that that I mean that I think that'll be really competitive, and we'll see just sort of be a nice test for both teams going into going into the playoffs, and presumably, I, presumably both of them will go fairly fairly far in the playoffs. So we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to say. Did we know the other uh, CMC matchups uh, for the other sports? Uh, for girls soccer, I'm almost. Uh, it's going to be Brunswick. It's gonna be, uh, Brunswick Oakdale. Brunswick, which will be a really competitive game. Uh, Brunswick uh, had been undefeated until this week, but they, they're still undefeated. Um, but but they had a couple of ties against South Carolina and Ligonor this week. Oakdale is riding a streak of, I believe, nine consecutive shutouts. That they, they beat Tuscarora. Uh, one nothing on on Tuesday of this week. So, Brunswick Oakdale boys soccer. Do we know boys soccer is Brunswick versus? I think it's still technically up in the air between Tuscarora and Linganore. Though I would be surprised if it's not Tuscarora. I mean, they they, they play Thursday to in the last last game of the last game of the season uh, regular season for both teams. So I would be surprised if it's not Tuscarora. But 
Um, you know, I, it, that one is still technically up in the air. Uh, and then vo- volleyball is two Washington. It's North Hagerstown and then some other Washington County schools. So yeah, the one thing Washington yeah. County really does well <laughs> that they they play volleyball yeah. well out there. So um, uh, Car- Carroll County plays field hockey really well. Uh, Washington County is the volleyball county. So. Yeah. And then I guess I guess for football, the de facto one is Frederick Oakdale. I, I, so. I guess they don't, they don't really <laughs> it's have not one really for a football. Thing, but I they, guess like we, we, wanna... we I guess we can make it a thing. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> what was your uh, heart in your throat when uh, Talia uh, Tagovailoa Tago was on the tur- um, turf? So at, I was Indiana not actually week? I was actually not watching that game. I was uh, I was out took I took a little day trip for myself and I pulled up my phone and the first tweet I see is uh, the cart is coming out for Talia Tungvalo, and I'm like, you've got to be absolutely kidding me right now. Hey, yet another Maryland quarterback injury. And so fortunately, it looks like there was, like, no structural damage. He, he it's, it's a sprained MCL, but it was, like, an injury he was already dealing with. Um, he's officially against – so I'm going to be at the game because it's homecoming this Saturday. I'll be at the game on Saturday against Northwestern. He's officially a game-time decision. I can't see them actually playing him because Northwestern's bad. They got a capable backup quarterback, uh, and – they got a bye week, uh, you know, next week. So, you know, give him give him a couple weeks to kind of heal up his knee, and then they've got a, you know, big stretch to close the season with Wisconsin. I mean, who's also having a down year, but Wisconsin, uh, Penn State, and Ohio State. So, you know, I'll, uh, I guess I'll see the I guess I'll see the you know if it's not Talia, I'll see the Billy Edwards show firsthand on Saturday. So right. we'll see we'll see how that goes. But I, I again I I can't imagine, especially with North Northwestern being as as bad as they are. So. You you've been saying all season from day one yeah. that Penn State is overrated. They they, they certainly looked overrated, uh, uh, losing badly at Michigan yeah. on Saturday. Do you feel Maryland can go into Penn State and win in a couple weeks? They can win. I don't. I think at this point I would not make them the favorite, but I I feel like I'd have to get again. I'd have to see give them you know give them these two weeks, see how Talia progresses with his injury. Really, I want to see how they do against Wisconsin because they're they're going to be in Madison for that game. Uh, and you know, they, I don't, I don't believe they've ever beaten Wisconsin, uh, or if, or if they may have beaten them once, but I don't think that was, that was, that was at, that was on the road. Um, Wisconsin's having a down year, Maryland, I guess on paper might be the better team, but like, that's a game where you would think go them going into Madison, Wisconsin also now has a new, you know, um, a, a new coach cause they, they fired their old one. So I, I really don't know. I'd kind of have to see how they are coming out of that game because, I mean, for all intent, like they'll if they don't beat Northwestern this weekend, it'll be a a pretty big shock, and so they should be six and two going to Madison, and then hey, bowl eligible too. Seriously, yeah, I mean, bowl eligible this early. I don't. I'd have to go back and look. The last time, it was six six of their first eight. I you'd probably have to go back to the to the or one of those like early to mid two thousands teams for that for a start this hot and and the, the the funny thing is it's like their two losses i mean one was to michigan obviously but like they okay they really should have beaten purdue they they uh, they kind of shot themselves in the foot in that game but you know they're they they've only their two losses have only been by a combined nine points yeah they they, they played they played michigan a lot better than penn state played they michigan, probably played michigan so. the toughest any team has so far this year and yeah maybe will until you know inevitably ohio state are, are you are you are you going to that game at the end of the year? Uh, as of now, no. But there's I, I could pr- I could if I you know if I wanted to. I I, I imagine that game's going to be sold out, and you know especially if they beat Penn State the week before. I can't, you know I I can't foresee any uh, any tickets being easily available. But we'll we'll have to see. I'll see if I'll see if I can plug my sister again for uh <laughs> for some for uh for some cheap tickets. So. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep uh, the college football train rolling here. When we come back, we will talk to former Middletown quarterbacks uh, standout uh, Reese Poffenbarger. Stay with us here on The Final Score. Thanks, Alexander. The FedEx Ground FCS National Freshman Player of the Week in college football is Reese Poffenbarger. No football championship subdivision quarterback has attempted more passes this season and thrown for more touchdowns without throwing an interception. And the season is now six games old. Uh, Reese was also named the Colonial Athletic Association Rookie of the Week for four straight games this season. Many of you know Reese as a former great quarterback from Middletown High School, led the Knights to a state championship in 2019, 
And Reese is kind enough to join us now here this week on the podcast. Reese, it's great to catch up, man. How are you? Good. I appreciate the intro. It's good to be here. Uh, well, well, I know you appreciate all the uh, individual accolades. Uh, the, t- the team's record is obviously not where you want it to be at, at one and five. Uh, you guys are scoring a ton of points in these games. You're, d- you're just losing a lot of uh, high-scoring, very close games. You had a tough one uh, homecoming this past week against Hampton, I guess, in overtime. Just how do you, how do you square your individual success that you're having with, with, with the team's performance so far? Right. So, I mean, obviously the individual awards are really cool, um, but it's not as cool as winning. Uh, winning obviously takes precedence over everything. And we're trying to put together wins, obviously struggling a little bit on the defensive side of the ball right now. But, you know, it's a team effort and there's stuff we can be doing on on offense to help them out and uh, really just focusing on the team and trying to get put some wins together. How, how do you guys get over the hump? What are you talking about uh, each week? Just how, how do you get into the win column? It's just doing the little stuff. Um, you know, we're not doing a great job of finishing out games right now. We'll, we'll come out fast or late second quarter, early third quarter. We're, we're always putting up a lot of points. Um, I just think at times we get complacent towards the end of games. And we think we got the, the game won and uh, they get back in it right at the end. Or vice versa, uh, we start we start too slow, and then we'll be down 14 points, and we'll put 14 points up real quick, and it's just a little like too much, too late. Well, well, um, well go ahead. Sorry, I, I interrupted your thought there. Yeah, it's just it's just a little stuff, you know, cleaning up penalties. Um, obviously, we haven't really been turning the ball over, which is a blessing. But um, yeah, cleaning up penalties, you know, uh, being being continuing to be good in pass protection and, you know, cleaning up special teams. Well, what's the overriding emotion at the end of these games? Is it just frustration? Cause you guys are playing so well offensively and you're just not coming out with a win or, or what, what's the overriding feeling after these games? It's it, it really is just frustration. Uh, you get so close and you put in so much work. Um, there's really no word to describe what goes into a week of preparation uh, in college football. And then the off season is just a whole nother beast. Uh, so you look at these guys' faces uh, at the end of the games and you see all the hard work they put in. And it's just, you know, all the sprints, all the preparation during the week to come down to one point or in last week to come down to literally one inch trying to get across the goal line. Um, and it's off or not, essentially. So it sucks. But, you know, we know how close we are to getting on the right side of all of these close games. Why do you think you're playing so well in your first season as a starting college football quarterback? Um, I mean, I would say, you know, I, I, I feel like I've worked my tail off, uh, ever since high school. Um, you know, I got my, my dad, my parents and middle town and still the work ethic, uh, and mentality in me that, you know, just continued on through college. And then as far as at Albany, uh, I got to give it all to uh, our offensive coordinator, coach Ambrose, you know, he made, he helped me believe in myself more than I already did. Um, he runs an awesome offense that I feel like I mesh and play very very well in and he lets me be myself so yeah I want to trace this journey to Albany that you've taken uh, uh, right now because you, uh, you led Middletown to the state title in 2019 it was, it was one of the great moments of, of, of your of your athletic uh, career obviously um, you commit to go to Old Dominion uh, you have a fine time at Old Dominion no hard feelings there but but just the chance wasn't going to be there for you with with, with players in front of you and then you uh, decided to transfer to Albany um, because of coach Ambrose who you, who you just mentioned and who, who who you've known he's from Middletown you've known him for a long time just sort of how did all this process come together for you yeah I mean um, obviously uh, I just didn't like my situation at Old Dominion Um, I felt like in a way I was undervalued and, you know, I always knew that I could be doing what I'm doing right now. Um, but Hey, you know, college football is a business and you got to make decisions. And they rode with the uh, quarterback that's playing down there right now and they're doing well. Um, so it's not like, like you said, it's no hard feelings whatsoever. Uh, I just had to make a decision that was best for me. And, um, I knew Coach Ambrose back through high school. Obviously, his dad's name is on our press box at Middletown High School. So, you know, I've always known the Ambrose name. I've always known the Ambrose family pretty well. 
and uh, in the portal, he was the first coach to actually, um, he actually called me, I think 10, 15 minutes after I put my name in the portal, which was uh, pretty crazy uh, just to, you know, just to feel the support and the, the confidence that he had in me and to make sure it was known that he wanted me up, up at the University of Albany. Um, and then throughout, you know, me talking to a couple of other schools, uh, I always just kind of had a feeling and I knew that it was going to be really hard for another school to sway me over going to play for him. And ultimately, I just made the decision to commit to Albany and uh, Coach Gattuso and Coach Ambrose. Uh, do you think you were un under undervalued at Old Dominion or just the depth chart worked out how the depth chart worked out? You know, my, my play style, um, I would say it, at times, you know, maybe in a practice or whether it be, you know, whatever the situation is, um, I, was, I would say that a lot of what I do cannot be assessed in a practice. Um, I get outside the pocket. Um, I like to think that I'm, I'm hard to sack. You know, I have a good feeling of when to get out of the pocket, when to stay in the pocket, making off-platform throws and things like that. And uh, I would just say that there were times where I didn't think I could showcase my full ability down there um, just because I never got to play in games. And um, so, you know, I'm, I, I, don't, I just don't think that uh, – I, I think they were unsure – if I was going to be able to perform this way in games, um, you know, because it's kind of a hit or miss thing. You know, if you get outside of the pocket and you're just getting sacked all the time and you're not making these throws that are hard to make, then it, it's uh, all for not, I guess. Uh, but I always knew I could make these throws. I always knew I could make these plays. And, you know, I was really just yearning for the opportunity. Um, and it, it, it was hard being down there on the sideline, um, feeling like I could be helping out the team. And so I, I knew I wanted to be somewhere where I could make a difference on a roster. Uh, the, the process of transferring is not always easy. Was, what, did it go pretty smoothly for you? Was it tougher than you expected, easier than you expected? or I mean, it's easier for kids to transfer now than it used to be because you used to have to sit out. But how, how did the process of just transferring to upstate New York go for you? Um, so are you talking about as far as the – You're just going through the process. It's not an easy process to deal with, even if you, even if, uh, you, want, you wanted to leave. I mean uh, – Right. So – it really just started out with I went and like, you know, I guess from the very, very beginning, you know, you talk to compliance, you tell them you want to make your decision. Um, I made the decision, put my name in the portal, obviously notified my coaches before I did that. And then um, from there on, like I just said, it was talking to coaches. Um, for me, obviously, I knew I had that prior relationship with Coach Ambrose, so that sped that process up. Um, and then once I did commit to, um, to Albany, it was a pretty easy uh, transition, I would say. Um, upstate New York is very similar to the Frederick County area. Um, it really is. I had no idea. I'd never been to New York in my life up until now. So I, I thought it was all just like big cities and, you know, New York City. Uh, I had no idea that, you know, there was uh, parts of New York that were honestly very, very similar to Frederick County. And that's, that's another thing that won me over on my visit. Um, I was like, man, I'm kind of nervous. I don't know what this is going to be like. Got up here. And it was very suburban and very, you know, open roads and fields. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of used to this. And uh, so it, it worked out. And, yeah, it was a very easy move. And that, now you had the, the relationship with Coach Ambrose, uh, like, like you say, but there was no guarantee you were going to earn this job. I mean, I, I believe there were four quarterbacks uh, in, in the mix when you, when you showed up at campus. It all right. be vying for the job. And, and – I, I know you were very confident it would ultimately go your way, but but there there was no guarantee this this was going to be your job. What ultimately tipped it in your favor? Do you think? Um, I would. I mean, it, it really comes down like winning a, a a job in college is just. And what I felt like I learned at Old Dominion, being in so many quarterback battles, was, you know, who's gonna, it's what quarterback is gonna put the offensive coordinator at the most ease, if that makes sense. Who's going to protect the ball? Who, when when the offensive coordinator calls a play, you know, who can he trust to make a decision that he's thinking on that play call? You know, if I call this play, the offensive coordinator might be thinking, I want to go to this guy. And who can he be, who, who does he know is going to make this decision similar to him? Who thinks like him? Um, and going into the battle, the position battle, you know, I knew like, hey, just protect the ball. You just got to win the job and then you can go show them, you know, the other stuff that you can do to your game. Uh, so it was really just focusing on, you know, doing the easy stuff procedurally, 
being perfect with motions, being perfect with my footwork, no turnovers, you know, all that good stuff. Um, and then once ultimately at the end, you know, obviously mixing in a few good throws and showing my arm talent. But in the end, once I won the job, that's when I, I really started to, you know, work in other parts of my game. And then that's when I essentially kind of ran away with it. What was your reaction when you uh, won the job? I mean, was it relief? I mean, this is why I came here or what, what was the overriding emotion there? I would definitely say uh, it was really just a relief, like you said, um, because no matter what, you know, you always got that kind of like doubt in the back of your mind for whatever reason uh, with anything in life that you were really wanting. And I, I wanted it so bad and I was doing everything. and I felt like I was, you know, the guy that was going to get the job, but there was always that little doubt. And then, I forget when it was. It might have been, I think it was two weeks before the Baylor game. Um, they announced that uh, they were like, Reese, you're going to be taking the ones. And then they went down the line. And then, yeah, like you said, it was a big relief. Um, but obviously it was it was really exciting. And I had to get to work later that day. Yeah, I mean, uh, lots lots of people, lots lots of athletes, Reese, they're 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 scared of hard work. I mean, they 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 think it's going to be too tough, and and they shy away from from chasing what they really want to go after. Um, that's never been the case with you, uh, dating back to your time uh, at Middletown. I remember heading into your senior year, uh, you, you realize that hey, if I if I want to have a serious chance to play college football, I got to get bigger, stronger, faster, and you mm -hmm. went about the process of doing all of those things. Why have you never been scared of hard work and, and, and sort of where does that come from? Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I would honestly, it's just my parents, really. My, my parents and my grandparents, uh, you know, hard work is, is the reason why my family and my dad is successful, why my parents are successful. Uh, growing up, seeing my dad work his ass off every single day, seeing my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, my mom, you know, it's just something that's, you know, instilled in you when you're young. And then um, the biggest thing for me, though, is when I when I personally realized it, like I always knew, you know, everybody, every every parent, I feel like tells, like, you know, you got to work hard to get the things you want. But it was. It, it was it was my 10th grade year when I started really lifting and, you know, I at the time I was always pretty similar athletically to a lot of my peers. And the, the more I started to lift, the more I started to work out, I realized I started to like look differently than they did. I started to play faster. Um, and I had a, a decent junior year. I was banged up a few games and our team wasn't what, what I wanted it to be. But just that, just, just that little, you know, piece of me pulling away athletically and, and just having success, some success my junior year in football um, really to, like allowed me to realize, you know, if you will, that you have the ability to take this to the next level and it's only going to happen if you work twice as hard as you did this offseason. And uh, I was able to do that, and it was uh, able to work out. Growing up in such a competitive household, you, you, your dad, your mom, your sister, I mean, how much did that sort of push you to, uh, to, to the next level, uh, given that you, <laughs> you could fall behind in the family pecking order if you're, if you're not putting in the hard work? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, I mean, it still motivates me today, um, knowing that Sailor's down in Arkansas. Uh, I can't wait to see what kind of season she has this year. But, you know, I don't want to be the, the family member who's not having a successful sports career. So it's definitely motivating. Uh, but I know that no matter what, they're going to have my back. Uh, yeah, growing up, um, it was definitely always competition, no matter what. And obviously, Britt, Britt's playing for Middletown right now. So I think he'll be uh, he'll be on the varsity ranks uh, next year, hopefully, if things go the way it's supposed to. So. Yeah, I mean, how much have you and Sailor leaned on each other? Because she, she also went through a college transfer, too, starting at UConn. Now she's at Arkansas. How much have you guys leaned on each other through this process and sort of shared stories and experiences and sort of helped each other through it? Uh, a lot. You know, she's somebody that I can talk, like, text or, or call when, whenever I really need to. Um, and I do. And she does the same. You know, sometimes it's maybe it's not even talking about uh, college sports because uh, our, our relationship is obviously way, way more than that. Um, so it's, if it's just getting our mind off of something that we don't want to be thinking about that has to do with football or, you know, because there was a time where, you know, football wasn't making me super happy. And there was a time where basketball wasn't making her super happy. So it was during those times that, you know, just a call or a text that had nothing to do with football or basketball um, made it a lot easier and just being able to be there for each other, like you said. 
Yeah, I mean, while you guys, I'm sure, are competitive siblings, I, I find it fascinating that you guys don't let the competitiveness get in the way of helping each other and supporting each other like like a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Well, I mean, your, your first game of the season at Albany, uh, you're, you're named the starter, and now you're out there uh, at Baylor. Uh, you're in Waco, Texas, in this huge football stadium at Baylor. What, what was that moment like stepping onto that field and, and just preparing for, the, for a game like that? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the best thing that, that I did personally and obviously was helped uh, by Coach Ambrose was just don't make the moment bigger than it is and don't set expectations. Um, obviously, you'd like to think going into games like that, like, hey, we, we have a chance to win. We knew, you know, if we played absolutely perfect, uh, zero mistakes, you know, maybe we could have been in that game. But essentially, at the end of the day, you know, do your best, do your job, make plays when they come to you. Don't press, don't be too nervous. Obviously that was my first college start uh, against one of the better football teams in the entire country um, with draft picks all over their defense. And, you know, it, 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 at the end of the day, it was super exciting. Uh, when I walked off that field, I, I really did feel like, you know, that they, that those guys remember me a little bit. I didn't play, you know, a bad game. I actually thought I played pretty well. Uh, I did what I, was, what I had to do. I was out by the middle of the third quarter just because we were trying to, you know, save some of our guys for our in-conference games, which like obviously mean the most to us. So, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really cool experience. It was a huge stadium. It was their first game, obviously. So they sold out the crowd. Um, it was, it was definitely a different, different type of football. Did, did you allow yourself to like to stop and to take a moment and, and just you're on the field in, in that sort of environment and say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really doing this right now. No doubt. No doubt. Um, when I first ran out and I went over on the sideline, just kind of start getting warmed up, you know, right before the kickoff, just throw before I go out there. Well, I kind of took a, uh, a look around and I was, I definitely had some butterflies and I was like, wow, this is, this is really happening. Your first career starts versus <laughs> freaking Baylor bears. You know, I grew up an Oklahoma fan, watched them play RG three play for them. And I was just thinking about all the greats that I played in that stadium. And it was just like, this is, this is something else, but I just really felt blessed more than anything. Well, what's the big difference for Reese between playing high school football at a high level and college football at the high level? Is it just the speed of the game? Is, is that the major difference? I would say the speed of the game, but just like the, the amount that you're asked to do mentally is what it truly is, in my opinion. Like, you know, the game's going to be faster. You know, there's different high school levels where the game is faster. You know, you go to uh, Frederick County football and then you go up to the WCAC in, in Washington and you watch, you know, DeMatha and St. John's play. That, you know, that's a different speed. Um, but there's kids in Frederick County that can play at that level. It, it's really just, in my opinion, it, it's mentally. You're asked to. As a quarterback, you know, firstly in high school, I wasn't really reading defenses in high school. I was just dropping back, finding the open receiver, running around, not letting people tackle me, um, which is what I think the case is for a ton of high school quarterbacks. But once you get to college, the ones that separate themselves are the ones that dive into the film room, dive into the playbook, and, and really understand everything that's going on in the field. Um, so as a quarterback, I, that's definitely the biggest difference um, is just – understanding everything that's going on on the field and, and why you're doing certain things. Well, what's a typical day like for you? Cause they say that being a D one athlete, that's like having a full-time job on the side of all your coursework. Just what's, what's your day typically like? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it varies just because we do different things. Um, but I would say like my busiest day is going to be a Wednesday where, so we'll wake up at 6 a.m. We got I got to be up at 6 a.m. Our film starts at 6:45, so we're watching film from 6:45 to 8 o'clock. Right after that, I go into um, a lift, uh, which is really just kind of not like to get not like an off-season lift, but more or less just like get the blood flowing, keep your body strong. Uh, not trying to like kill kill anybody in there, you know, just not a super hard workout, but in-season workout. Um, after that, um, I have class. I have two classes. So I'll go to, I'll go to class at around from like 10 to around noon. After that, we come back in the facility. I got, got to be back in the facility around 1.45. Practice starts around 2.30 most days. So I'm getting ready, get out of the field early because quarterbacks got to do, we have to do our footwork and all that good stuff, get warmed up for practice. Practice from 2, 
440 to, um, I want to say five o'clock, like 445, five o'clock. And then for me, I choose to do go watch more film uh, just to prepare for the opponent. You know, a, a lot of quarterbacks would probably relate to that. Um, and then other guys have classes and things like that. So it, it's all day, obviously. Um, are, are you pretty much on your own, though, after like 5 p.m. and stuff like that? Yeah, or? after 5 p.m. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, after 5, I'm trying to think if there's any days like that there's mandatory things. But um, but but each day is different. You say you're you're doing different things at different times yeah, each so like day. We, yeah. Like some days we won't lift, but we'll have an extra film session, like a mandatory extra film session. Um, yeah. How yeah. often? How often do you guys lift? Because you don't want to like kill yourself during the week. Going right. Into right. The yeah. Game. I mean, yeah. we a lot like at, at Old Dominion, we lift at three day three days a week. Here we lift two. I like the two the two lifts a week better. Um, it's less on your body, and you know. That's kind of what off-season training is for, is get your body to where you want it and then in-season just maintain it. You know, you're not really trying to gain strength in-season. You're more focused on the performance on the field. So, yeah, we do two. Other programs do three. I've heard of programs doing, you know, three and then plus, you know, mobility sessions and things like that, which I think is just too much. But, yeah, it, it's a grind, and it varies program to program. But there's no program out there that has it easy, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I find it interesting you guys start your day watching film. Like, wouldn't you be, like, sleepy-eyed and bleary-eyed uh, trying to watch film first thing in the morning? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's, in our in our room, uh, you know, our quarterback room does a great job um, of just realizing that, you know, you got to be ready to go. We always say all the time, that's just college football. You know, uh, you it's part of the schedule. You know what you signed up for. Um, so if you walk in there and – I mean, I think what really does it is just like the there's constant. Your job is it, it in a way like your job can be safe, but it's also never safe. You know, if I walk in there three days straight and I'm like you said, like dreary eyed and just not wanting to watch film and I'm not paying attention. You know, my coach has every right to be like, hey, guess what? So and so is taking your reps now because you don't want to pay attention and you're not performing the way we want to. So. Uh, I think that's also a factor that you, makes you kind of realize, like, I better be locked in all the time or else, you know, somebody somebody else wants my job. How good were your time management skills heading into this college sports uh, endeavor here? <laughs> I always was very regimented, but I was regimented on my things that I wanted to be doing and what I was choosing to be doing. Right. Uh, um like a year in my junior year, uh, college coaches, a lot of times, like part of recruitment, will come to your high school and, and watch you throw. And I would do those at 6 at six a.m. before school started. Um, so, but, so waking up isn't really a problem, but I would say, like, at first managing, like, just the little, like, in-between times of, like, realizing, like, all right, you got to be, I got to leave 15 minutes early so I can be to class you know, five minutes early, I got to be here, 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 here. Uh, before college, I would say they were, they were not where they needed to be, but uh, they definitely had to get whipped in shape pretty quickly. Yeah. Cause time management, that's the key to all this, right? Yeah. hundred percent. No doubt. I mean, if we got these things called uh dawn patrols, D A W N cause you got there before the crack of dawn. And if you are late to meetings or late to lifts, you get what's called a dawn patrol and it's a five forty five. Man, like man, you you, you there are our, our, our signals getting a little choppy there. Uh, is is Coach Catuso? Is he the type of guy where if you're five minutes early, you, you you're late, or um, or is he super <laughs> strict on you guys about uh, being early? Really? <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of goes position group to position group. Obviously, you can't be late. Like if you're right. if you're late, you're yeah. in trouble. Right. Uh, but we have like a ten minute early policy. You know, you always got to be ten minutes early to everything. Yeah. which we uphold. It's a good rule to go by. You'll never be late that way. What what sort of classes are you taking? You're not taking like basket weaving 101, are you? No, no, no. I'm a, a communications major. I'm actually, I'm in, a, I'm in journalism class, two journalism classes. And then um, 
in season, they kind of help you out. I'm doing some general education classes right now, and then I'll take some more difficult classes in the spring. But in season, they want to they kind of try to take a little bit off off your plate as a as a quarterback. I would say. When, whenever the football run ends for you as a player, uh, well, what do you see yourself doing? Are you, are you going to be a coach? Uh, might you might you go the journalism route and, and, and be an analyst of some sort, or where do you see your future? Uh, beyond yeah, I've, I've, always, I've always been interested in uh, talking about sports and things like that. So I could see myself doing something with that. Um, also, uh, my family, you know, in the name of my my late little brother, uh, has a, a owns a distillery. It's called Fordham Lee Distillery, and uh, they make bourbon and cream liqueurs and things like that. And I'm pretty interested in that, um, going into something with my dad um, and just trying to be a part of that and making that really successful. So I think I have two options and I'm kind of leaning towards that. But obviously I want to take football as far as I can go. Right. Uh, Villanova this week. Uh, well, what are you looking for this weekend and, and what type of opponent is Villanova? Uh, Villanova is – I mean, obviously they're athletic. They're CA – all, every team in the CAA is a talented football team, honestly. You know, records uh, most of the times do not show how good a football team is because all these losses are within, you know, three, six, seven, you know, two-score games. Um, very, very rarely do you see a CAA, a, a two in-conference teams in the CAA uh, getting blown out. Um, so, you got to attack every – I mean, we're one and five, but we I think we have the lowest point differential between any team in the CAA. Um so teams play us, and they know they're playing a really good, really good ball club, and, and we're playing Villanova, who's three and three, but we know that they easily could be five and one, just like we very easily could be five and one. So, how how stressful are these games that are all within like a touchdown of each other? Yeah, it, it really is. It's it's uh, it's I've had a damn near a heart attack at every single <laughs> single game. I mean, especially last week with coming down to the the field goal in regulation that they missed, and then. I, I was praying just to get a chance to get back on the field. And then we get back on the field. And then I'm thinking we're going to kick the extra point, keep playing. And then we're going for two. You give that stress on you. And then I'm looking at the re- or I'm looking at the, the review to see if he got in the end zone. It's just – it's every week. I feel like there's some play like that that just makes your, your heart drop. You know, it was the week before at Monmouth that uh, – I don't know if you know, but when we played Monmouth, there was a play at the, at the last second. They called a pass interference targeting call. We were going to get one more play from the one-yard line to go win the game. And they picked up the flag and said no targeting. And, you know, if you ask me, it was it was either a targeting or a defenseless player. But still, it's just every week, you know, I feel like something's not falling our way. And we just got to be able to, you know, not leave it up to that chance and just, you know, go force a win, which, you know, we're hoping to do. When, when you're on the field in these super tense situations for all the fans and everyone watching and stuff, are, are, are you nervous yourself or are you just so locked into the moment that you're not even nervous at all? Uh, yeah. I, I, and I don't think this is just a me thing, uh, maybe. But once, once, you're, once you get past the initial butterflies or, or like the first drive or the first play, you know, it's different for everybody. For me, it's when I get that first completion, I feel like I'm set into the game and I'm ready to go. Um, no matter what, even if the game situation – like if you have to score a touchdown on this drive, you, you're, you're not really that nervous at all? Right. No, I mean, I, I just – like you're, when, when I get late into the game, I'm so dialed into what the defense is doing. And I prepared so much. I know I can make the throws. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm looking for what look they're going to be in and I know where I'm going with the ball. Um, so, obviously, it's – if there's any – like. It's just, man, I really hope we end up winning this game. It's not, I'm not nervous for, you know, my, my personal performance. Like, oh, I'm, am I good enough to do this? Am I, you know, I don't have any personal doubts like that. Um, it's more or less just, I don't want to let, you know, the guys down next to me and I don't want to be in a locker room again where, you know, we're so close to a win. I would say that's, that causes me more stress than anything. I mean, and you don't want to lose because I know, I know how much you, you hate losing. Um, you guys did have a big win over Central uh, Connecticut. What was that? What was that game? What was that moment like for you? Right. I mean, I I just feel like that was one of the games where, you know, they they as well. You know, we were up, I think twenty one on them, and they had a touch. They got a score. Then we got the ball back, gave it over, gave it back to them on a turnover. I think it was a fumble, and they almost and they went and scored again. And just like every other game, you know. 
we're in that game where we did what we needed to do is we, we punched in another score, stopped them, punched another score, and then, you know, just kind of took the life out of them where we've had opportunities to do that in almost every game. And, um, you know, that's just, it was, I, but to go back to your question, it was really good to get a win and it went in really does solve all problems when it comes to college football, because that's what you come to do. You know, you don't come for personal statistics and personal accolades. You know, you want to win as a, as a group, as a brotherhood. And so I felt really good, but you know, we just did things in that game that you got to do to win and that we know we're capable of. Do you still follow your nights uh, back home? I do. I do. Um, I know they're having uh, a pretty good year right now. I've, I've heard uh, Frederick's pretty solid this year, and I've heard uh, they could use you. They could use you a little bit in their in their passing game. Uh, but 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 Cam Baker just had a great. He just had a great game against Brunswick, uh, throwing the ball. It was his best game by far. He almost had three hundred yards, and I think he threw three touchdowns too. So I thought I did hear about that. Uh, that's awesome. So it, it's a run heavy team with with Carson. Uh, I don't know how well you know uh, Carson Smith, um, but um, but they did get the passing game going. So you you would have been proud of your boys uh, uh, last week in the win over Brunswick, and, and and they gave Urbana a hell of a game the week before too. So so you're you're night, and they beat Lingenord this year too. So so your knights are doing your proud. I was actually uh, that was our bye week. I was actually at the Lingenord game. You were at the Lingenord game, so yeah. So that that, that must have been cool. So yeah. So your 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 boys are doing you proud there, Reese, and. Uh, and you're doing Frederick County proud with, with, with the way you're playing and all of your individual accolades. Hopefully that starts translating for you guys on, on, on the scoreboard too, and I'm, I'm sure it will in due time. But I imagine you're having the time of your life doing all this, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is what I dreamed of doing was being successful at, in football, really. Um, obviously, as a kid, I thought I, would be, I was going to be playing for Alabama, but <laughs> that didn't work out. So, uh you're, you're, you're playing for an A school. It's just all yeah. just all being a little farther north than Alabama, but but but, it, yep. but you but you're still in the A family right there. So right, but yeah, just like you said, I mean, obviously, I wanted to be playing college football, and that's what I'm doing, and I'm having success with it. Um, like you said, the wins are going to come, and they will. So let's see. Well, hey man, uh, w w wish you all the best. Uh, good luck, uh, Villanova. What, what what time's the game, and, and ha how might people be able to check it out? Uh, do you know? Yeah, three uh, three thirty at um, it's in it's at Villanova, and uh, the CAA. I think they use a streaming service called Flow Sports. Flow Sports, okay. Oh. So so they they signed a big deal with them or something like that. That's why it's not on ESPN Plus, like uh, like a lot of um, maybe Group of Five or other FCS schools are. So. But yeah, it's on Flow Sports, and that's how you can watch any any CAA game. Okay, three thirty this Saturday, uh, Albany at Villanova. Uh, Philadelphia is not that far away too, so you, it might be a nice uh, drive uh, on on a Saturday morning or early Saturday afternoon. So, uh, Reese, uh, thanks so much for joining us. I uh, wish you all the best going forward, my man. We'll do this again soon. No doubt, I appreciate you, brother. Yep, that's Reese Poffenbarger, uh, quarterback at Albany, uh, former Middletown star quarterback. Uh, thanks to Alexander Dacey uh, for joining us earlier. Thanks to uh, Graham Collin for putting this all together. Uh, that's it for us this week here on The Final Score, but we'll see you back here next week. Have a great week, everyone.